Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Everybody Counts podcast, all about the Amazon Prime series, Bosch. Um, I'm Tracy, and I have two co-hosts with me tonight, Jay and Pete. Pete is joining us. Uh, We didn't have him with us last week, so we're excited to have all three of us on here. If you haven't listened before, I wanted to give you a little bit of an um, explanation of our podcast name. Um, hopefully, if you've read the books or watched the series, you're familiar with the uh, quote from Harry Bosch, as written by Michael Conley, where Harry says, everybody counts or nobody counts. Um, and that's uh, really important to the character of Harry Bosch, and we think it's pretty important, too. We want to get each other's opinions, get your opinions, and we believe that everybody counts. Um, on the podcast. So that's just sort of our nod to um, the character of Harry Bosch. So thank yeah. you for listening in. Um, we talked a little bit last week, Jay and I did, um, about how we got started watching the series. Did you want to tell us a little bit, Pete, introduce yourself and tell us how you started watching Bosch or what drew you uh, to the program? All right. Well, I was um, binge watching as many shows as I could at one point. So I was looking for new shows and recommendations, and I got one good recommendation from a really cool person. I don't know, but that would be Tracy. And it was for Bosch. And it was for Bosch. So I said, you know what, I'll check it out. I watched the first episode, and as I'm watching, you know, the first three, four episodes, and I'm binging Mm -hmm. it, I noticed that a lot of my favorite characters from HBO The Wire is in it. And then I'm... And then I'm looking at the main character, and I'm like, I know this guy, I know this guy. And I'm like, he's from Lost. He's the man in black. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm lost in now to see just how these characters can act as different, you know, act, act, as, act as different characters and sell me on they're the new person and not the person they were from a previous show. And as I started watching more and more, I realized that I, I liked the new person. I was into the new person pretty much for every character on the show that's the main character. So for that, that's yeah. a winner. Season two is awesome, and I'm just mm-hmm. happy to be here to talk about it. It's one of my favorite shows. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you checked it out. And um, it's interesting that you talked about um, actors playing different characters, you know, having different character names on different shows. One of our co-hosts tonight has decided he wants to go by a different name on the podcast. So I don't know if you've been hearing about this Welliver B. Titus the Third business, but uh, Jay, our co-host Jay, um, can you fill us in about that? What, what's, what's going on there, Jay? Yes, Who's first Welliver B. Titus? First and foremost, it is not a I want to be. It is <laughs> I am going to be. This is my new name, okay? When oh, you say, okay. Jay, what did you think about blah, blah, blah? Jay isn't here. There's <laughs> only Welliver B. Titus the third. Because, listen, you got Titus Welliver who plays Harry Bosch. Two mm-hmm. cool names, man. And nobody should be allowed to have two cool names. I mean, it's just, it's not right. It's not fair. It's not fair. If he can have two cool names, I don't, I don't have time for two. So I'm just taking a new one, and I'm okay. going to combine the two, and I'm going to be Welliver B. Titus the third. Okay. So, What's the significance of the third? <laughs> are, are you questioning my name? No, I'm just curious about your name. <laughs> because it's so good. There's obviously three of us out there. Oh, okay, okay. All right. It just it sounds so so important and uh, well, impressive. It is, it is important. It is. It is. Okay. I, I, have All a, right. I have a question about his name. Yeah. Why did you choose um, Welliver and not Harry Bosch? Okay. Um, because 
Welliver B. Titus III has an amazing ring to it. Where if I was Harry W. Bosch, they were like, well, that's cool, but, you know, you're nobody. But Welliver B. Titus III, I have a butler, okay, <laughs> serving me drinks while we're doing this podcast. I have my other three cell phones ringing right now. People want to interview me, okay? Oh, okay. They're getting ready to write a book about me. Welliver B. Titus III. Well, it's a good thing we're talking about a fictional uh, series because Jay seems to have quite a fantasy going on right now. But but I, I'm going to play along. Are you going to play along, Pete? Of course. No, of course. It, it just wouldn't be fun if we didn't. So um, so we have Jay slash Welliver B. Titus the third. It's a mouthful. But um, yeah. So there you go, folks. That that's the uh, that's the information behind his uh, new moniker. So all right. Before we get into this, <laughs> before we get into the season in more detail, uh, I'd like to look at some fun facts about the season. And sometimes you can get some fun facts um, from the cast themselves or the producers. If you put a question out there on social media, you might just you might get an answer. Um, so some interesting things that I've noted about season two that I want to share with folks. We've got some. Um, some connections with The Walking Dead. I think both of my co-hosts are Walking Dead fans as well. Um, of course, Jay, tell us about Maddie Bosch. Who who plays Maddie Bosch? Madison Lynch, who yes. was way back when, back in The Walking Dead. Probably wouldn't recognize her because she was a, a little girl then. Mm-hmm. Sophia. Yep. Yes. Okay, so Madison Lynch played Sophia on The Walking Dead. And then we've got the character of Nick Riley um, this season, played by Nick Gomez, who played Tomas. He was a, a brief appearance. I think it was just one episode on The Walking Dead, but it was pretty impactful because he really butt heads with uh, Rick Grimes. He was one of the prisoners in season three that was remaining at the prison when they stumbled upon it. And uh, he was not taking direction very well from Rick, and uh, Rick ended up taking him out uh, in a pretty dramatic fashion. So um, he, was kind of a, he was kind of a bad guy in that, and spoiler alert, he's kind of a bad guy, definitely a bad guy in this season of Bosch as well. But we have the Walking Dead connection there. Also, another one, um, Eleanor Wish, um, Harry's ex, she has not been on The Walking Dead, but her husband in real life is on The Walking Dead currently. Do you know who that is, Jay or Pete? Oh, why are you going to throw that at me? I have no idea. I know. Uh, Herschel? Xander Xander Berkeley. That's not Herschel. Xander Berkeley, who who plays Gregory from the Hilltop. Um, Sarah Clark, who plays Eleanor, uh, is married to Xander in uh, real life. So there's another connection. Fun fact, folks. I don't even like Gregory. That poor lady. <laughs> well, the, again, again, it's a good thing he's a fictional character because, yeah, I don't <laughs> right. think I don't think Gregory's winning over a lot of fans. Um, nope. At this point, no. So now you guys know that I, um, you probably know by now, just with our friendship, that I'm a big fan of filming locations and knowing where things are and how they've been used before. And I'm pretty sure, uh, back me up if you agree that the church in season two, that's a, um, an Armenian church, 
um, that gives one of the characters asylum, and then there's a, actually a crime that occurs there. We'll talk about the church, but I'm pretty sure that's the church from Lost, the very last episode of Lost. So kind of picture that in your mind. Oh. Do you see it? I do kind of see it. Okay. You Take do. a closer look. We need to get some confirmation on that, uh, listeners, cast, crew, anyone who can fill us in. But I'm pretty sure that's the same one because even some of the exteriors looked familiar, which I think also was the uh, church that was in the very beginning of the Fear the Walking Dead pilot. So um, very interesting. I want to get some more intel on that. I'll have to do some more investigation. Um, finally, you may know this because we've talked about it before. See, check your memory. Young Harry. In uh, we've seen him in season one, uh, as well as season. I'm pretty sure we saw him in season one. We've definitely seen him in season two. Looks so much like Titus Welliver. Um, just looks like a young Titus Welliver. Do you remember why that is the case? Well, I do, but I'm going to see if Pete knows. Go ahead. Uh, All right. I I do not. Okay. Um. Titus's son plays young Harry, which is a perfect casting choice because he looks like his dad, um, right. Quinn Welliver. So, um, yeah, that's a fun fact. If you didn't know that one, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I remember reaching out on social media saying, man, that kid who's playing you looks so much like you. And then I was told that's why. So <laughs> it's it's very fun for me to, to, like I said, I like the locations. And like um, Pete was mentioning, seeing actors from different favorite series. Um, it, it's just fun to uh, have those memories and kind of piece things together. All right. Anything else before we get into the meat of season two? Anything you wanted to throw out there? Uh, the only thing that I wanted to throw out there before we move on, and I I knew it would happen, but I think you saw I re I did reach out to Titus today because I needed to know if we had invited mm-hmm. Harry Bosch on the podcast, you know, what Harry would he Bosch, say? the character, right? Yeah, yeah, the character. Yeah, okay. What would he mm-hmm. say? And of course, I got the answer that I expected. Did you see the answer? <laughs> I did. I have. Funny. Yes. Oh my <laughs> lord! What's a podcast? Oh, Harry. Exactly. That's definitely what Harry would say. And who would know better than the actor playing him, of course. But, yeah, if you've read the books or watched the show, you know that Harry is a little bit challenged in the a little bit challenged in the, the technical area. Um, leans on some others for that, that kind of expertise, for sure. So, all right. That, that is, thanks for sharing that. That is pretty, it's, it's funny and very interesting. Perfect response. Okay. You guys ready? I am ready. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to do a little bit of word association first. Okay. We're going to kind of build up to this, the plot of season two. Throw a word out there that you associate with season two. I'm going to say um, relationships. Oh, man. In and outside of work. There's so many of them in this. In there this are. Holy so give Lord. me a, give me another word. Um, Difficulties. Uh, <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. It's never easy. That's right. Um, crooked. What about crooked? There you go. I was going to say dirty cops. Got some of that. Um. 
choices. Choices, yeah. good one, good one. Um, secrets. There's always some secrets. Politics. Politics. Yeah. Interagency activity. Um, going rogue, perhaps. Some of that. Okay. So hopefully that piques everyone's interest enough uh, that if you haven't watched, you'll want to listen to this recap or either stop, turn off the uh, computer or your phone and and go watch because we're going to get into more of the details now. So season two, we open up with um, some memories of Harry losing his mom, correct? Correct. So we yes. open up with that. Um, and we actually end uh, with some information about that as well. So it's interesting how that kind of, their bookends kind of to the yeah. season. Yeah, full circle. But in this uh, season, we have a couple of victims. One victim is goes by the name of Tony Allen, which actually has been changed from his original Armenian name. So we've got the Armenian history there. He is a uh, producer of adult entertainment films. He also is involved with a lot of money laundering. And uh, he has a cousin. He's a bad dude. His cousin is a bad dude. His name is Joey Marks. um, And he's doing some money laundering and stuff for him. Um, Some mob type activity. So he's got quite a few entanglements. But we don't see him on screen long because... He um, is is murdered in the very beginning. Uh, thus begins the the search. There, we also lose a character um, that's, that feels a lot more personal because we knew him in season one, and he's the son of one of the main characters. That would be George Irving. Um, very sad. Very sad. He's another victim. So you kind of got these two um, murders that they're investigating. And what do you know? It turns out that they are related. So um, the the folks behind George's murder and the folks behind Tony Allen's murder are the same people. Um, why don't you talk, Jay, a little bit about George and where he is and why he finds himself um, taken out? Well, let's start with George in the beginning, who was a younger cop who was on the beat, who made some poor choices in season one. Mm -hmm. And we kind of saw him as, I don't know if uncertain is the right word, but we weren't sure where he was going to end up. Mm -hmm. He ends up getting transferred. His father, I think, helps him out a little bit. Long story short, he starts working for IAB, Internal Affairs. And he's mm-hmm. investigating some potentially not so good cops that are up to something. And he gets right. in really deep. Really he does, deep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see kind of, I think, a new police officer this time around from him because he's yeah. very serious. He's doing his job well. He's, um, mm-hmm. he's not making mistakes. He's, he's not, uh, you know, kind of crossing that line, even though he's undercover. Mm-hmm persona needs to he's doing things right. by the book this time around and he's doing things sure. the right way so if viewers out there are like me you're proud of him 
you like what you see. Mm-hmm. Hey, this kid has turned it around. Apparently he's being, you know, this is that fast track to get to command, to, to grow within yeah. such a big department. And he's handling it well and he's doing it well. And I don't even really think that he suspected anything coming, but at some mm-hmm. point they're on to him, all because of his silly little special watch. Yep. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, out. every time he starts to really like somebody, what ends mm-hmm. up happening, he gets taken out. And he gets taken out in a brutal way, in a robbery or what to look like a robbery gone bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible, terrible situation for my boy George. I really like George. I feel bad for yeah. George. He was going places, and I was really proud of mm-hmm. him. Yep. Mm. That that encapsulates that that really well. It, it was it was heartbreaking, especially when his father um, comes to identify him and, and sees his son. It just rips your heart out. And I, I think we've yeah. talked before that even seeing his partner, who is one of the dirty cops, right. um, also seems surprised. And like you mentioned, he may have been on to the fact that this was going to maybe happen, but he certainly seemed um, shocked by yes. it at the time and, and did seem to have some real emotion. Um, about it. They had been friends in the academy and come up together. Um, so, yeah, that was really tough. So, yeah, he was getting in with this group of, what, four or five different dirty cops that were running these um, different scams. And um, it, it turns out that they're actually involved with the Tony Allen murder as well. And Bosch and Edgar, they're they're looking at lots of different people for Tony Allen's murder, and there are a lot of possibilities because he's involved in such illicit um, type, you know, profession and works out in Vegas, and he's known to take on mistresses. They start looking at his widow. Um, she seems to very much have a chip on her shoulder, probably rightfully so, because he is indeed um, seeing another woman, and that we learn that there's even talks of them getting married he's planning to divorce her she finds out later so obviously there's a lot of a lot of baggage there so she's a you know she's a possibility for the for the crime as well um and then we find out that she's kind of in cahoots it looks like with these dirty cops um kind of using each other that she kind of uses them to get rid of her husband but they want the money she wants the money because again he's a money launderer um, mm-hmm. But before they, before we find out all this, you know, Edgar and uh, Bosch make a visit to Vegas um, to try to do some investigation, and people are kind of manipulating in different areas. It turns out the FBI is also investigating Tony Allen for um, some Homeland Security type issues and trying to get to his cousin Joey Marks, and so they don't want Bosch to interfere with what they're doing, so they kind of manipulate some things. You've got these dirty cops kind of manipulating things to make it look like it's mob-related so that they don't find out that they did it. And so Bosch gets kind of swept up in all these manipulations. There's a, a gun that's planted, um, and it just gets pretty complicated. And then you've got the fact that Harry's um, ex-wife and daughter live in Vegas. So he goes to see them, and his ex-wife, who's now a professional poker player, has actually played poker with Tony Allen before. So it looks like either the local cops or the FBI, I can't remember, kind of get her involved and sort of, you know, point some fingers at her to try to manipulate Bosch as well. So he's just getting it from all different sides, um, trying to figure out what's really going on here. 
there are a couple interesting reveals. First of all, yeah, that she had played poker with this guy. Does she have, you know, does she have some information? Um, the mistress of Tony Allen uh, worked at this club that is run by this guy. Uh, was it Luke Rykoff? Lucky Luke Rykoff? Um, that, that's where the gun is planted at his place. It, it's pointing at him to try to, you know, look like to, to divert um, attention to someone else. He gets arrested. But lo and behold, he's an undercover FBI agent. We didn't know that either. So it's just, it gets really complicated and Bosch and J. Edgar, they're trying to, you know, navigate through this mess. But then we have a, a kidnapping on top of that. So they're trying to solve this murder, but there's a kidnapping. They, Joey Marks is the, the mob guy, uh, the cousin of Tony Allen. He kidnaps um, Bosch's ex-wife, Eleanor, and Maddie, their daughter. And that's, that's, that's the end of the line for Bosch. There's just no holds barred at that point. Um, and he has to go and rescue them. And right by his side is his faithful partner, Jay Edgar. No matter what's going on, they drop everything, and it's all about rescuing them. And I think I mentioned before it was pretty interesting that um, I love seeing when, when Bosch just goes all out. Um, there's nothing that's going to get in his way. You know, everything changes when it's about his family. But I love seeing him go back to those old school methods. They, You know, they've got them captured. They're in there with guns. They can see through the windows. How are they going to get him out? Well, Bosch, he always has a plan. So they see that these guys are watching TV. His Eleanor and Maddie are sitting there on the couch huddled together. How, how is he going to intervene? How is he going to rescue them? He messes with the satellite dish to create a disturbance on the TV. You know, people are serious about their TV. I mean, we are. So. Um, so they send someone out to check out the dish, and then, boom, they take care of that guy, take him down, and then so then they're like, they don't hear back from this guy. The other guy comes out, and they're able to rescue them. But it's just I love, and, and, and you guys jump in and let me know what you think, but I, I love how Harry can come up with these plans that don't necessarily involve a lot of technology. You know, he is kind of old school, and he just thinks so fast on his feet. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, he's one yeah. of those guys where if it's not broken, don't fix it. I'm going to keep using it. Yeah. And it works for him. It worked. It gets results. It did. Yeah, he gets results. He's definitely a results man. How, how um, about he, know your enemy? Yeah, know your enemy. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he can, he can uh, really figure out what someone's about. He's very good at figuring out motivations and um, how to get what he wants from that person. What's going to tip them off or um, kind of move the chess pieces. So, yeah, it's just anytime family's involved, Bosch just kind of just amps up to a totally different level, and that's really interesting to see on screen. And then he can dial it back and, you know, go through the motions and the rules, you know, in a different way. Um, yeah, we know he's, a, you know, like we said, a little bit of a troublemaker, and he breaks some of the rules, but um, it's almost like there are no rules when it comes to his family. I think he tries to still do the right thing. Um, right. But yeah, his, I would agree just, with that. So it's it's an interesting dynamic. So he he does rescue them with the help of of Jerry, and uh, he brings them back to his house in L.A. Um, to try to keep them safe because there's still this you know mob guy out there that that tried to take them out. And uh, Harry uh, grabs the phone of his lawyer outside of one of the court uh, hearings, I guess, for the Luke guy, 
that turns out to be the FBI agent that he is trying to get him released. Tony Allen, or, no, not Tony, sorry. Um, Joey Martin Rykoff. trying to get him r- released. Yeah. yeah, trying to get Rykoff released, you know, and, and Bosch catches um, the lawyer on the phone with Joey Martin. He gives him a few choice words about never messing with his family again. Um, but through all this, uh, he does learn that Rykoff is an undercover agent, and it, they pretty much managed to keep him undercover. Is that Did I get that right? Yes. You're on it. And let him go. Yeah. So, but that's definitely a, a, a complication, you know, in the whole thing. So, um, they, they start to figure out eventually that it's these dirty cops that are still involved. Um, but, uh, who wants to talk a little bit about who, um, who pursues Harry to help them with George's murder? Jay Doe. in on that, Pete? Oh, I want it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but George's father, Irv Irving, yeah. Chief, yeah. with a little prodding to get her uh-huh. advice to help him to figure out what really happened. Which, right. And Harry even knows that's not a good idea. You don't yeah. run a parallel yeah. investigation and you don't run mm-hmm. behind people's backs. And, you know, especially in the whole behind-the-scenes political stuff of the police department, you got to be careful yep. with that. But he does All the machinations. Yeah. But again, it's about family. And that's right. when these guys start to change their rules. It's about family. And he wants to bring justice for his son. So, yeah, he he thinks about, I, I think he you can almost see it going through his head. Who's the most relentless that can help me with this? Harry Bosch. They don't always agree. They butt heads sometimes. But he knows that Harry can get the job done. And uh, sure enough, in the end, they do. Um so uh, one way that they start to track down everything is through the money trail because, um, you know, money motivates people. So you have um, Veronica Allen, the widow, trying to wait for the courts to to release so that she can get the security, open the security um, box, deposit box um, for her late husband. The dirty cops that killed George, they're also trying to jump on that money. Well, sorry, guys. The mistress already walked off with the money, um, so they didn't even have anything there to take. But there's a big shootout when that's going on, um, and the, the the head of the dirty cop group, Carl Nash, um, who's, boy, he's slimy. Can we just say that? I mean, would you agree? From the very beginning, he's running security at um, – Veronica Allen's neighborhood, and that's, you know, I guess that's how they met initially and um, got into cahoots and so forth, and uh, he just, he tries to play Bosch, he tries to push them towards the mob idea, he tries to play good guy, you know, oh, how can I help out, you know, but they knew that he had been released from the police force for brutality and um, unethical things, but he's just trying to be like, I'm this good guy now. How can I help? You know, real eager. And it turns out he's, you know, behind this whole thing, but he gets hit in the shootout as well as a couple of the other um, dirty cops. He runs off. They eventually find him at a cabin where he's holed up trying to heal and survive. Um, But there's an explosion. um, There's gunfire. Carl Nash does not make it. The only one remaining um, from their group is a cop named Maureen O'Grady, and uh, the cops are able to get enough information from her with a deal to um, to try to put everything all together. But we still have the widow hanging out there, Veronica Allen. 
and she's still she's still going to get this money one way or the other in her head and she finds a trail of paperwork that shows that her late husband had some bearer bonds she tracks those down it turns out they were um cashed through a church an armenian church she goes there um and it turns out that um i guess her late husband and his mistress were planning to you know he was going to divorce veronica and they were going to get married there and that priest had given uh layla is the mistress's name i guess we should at least give her her name you know um he had given her asylum there at the church until she could get away with the money but she gave him a lot of money as well for keeping her safe and gave the money to the church and uh who wants to talk about what veronica does to the priest um anyone hey, come on it can't be good that, man you got it <laughs> well how specific am i supposed to get <laughs> well we i mean okay she goes to the church and tries to get the money back because no we've deposited the money we can't we can't give it back to you but she's relentless about it in her own relentless sort of way and she's uh, I, think, too. I think yeah i think she takes some scissors to him or knocks him over the head with something there's she takes him out. She comes out all bloody just as um, J. Edgar and Harry arrive to the church because they kind of made this connection as well about the bonds. And she um, claims that she's been attacked. So there's no video. There's no um, witnesses. She gets taken in and it goes in. Um, in the next season, we'll see that she goes on trial. But it's just, you know, her word against no one. Um, so it's, it's going to be tough, I think, to prove what she did, but we as the viewers know what went down, um, that she was doing everything she could to try to get that money back. Um, so she, uh, how would you guys describe her? Man, I realized maybe she had some life changes that weren't so great for her, whatever, but boy, she mm -hmm. is sneaky, conniving, mm -hmm. will do whatever it takes to get what she wants. And, and well, I mean, just from that scene that you described, and she'll mm -hmm. put you out of the way if she needs to. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. she. Oh no, I was gonna say. Um, to me, uh -huh. she seemed very focused. Yeah, that's one word for it. Yes, you're right. She was and highly motivated, highly focused, and had this really this great sense of entitlement. You know, no matter what happened or how she had to accomplish it, she felt like she deserved this money. Um, and that's so my point. If she would have just focused yeah. on something else, anything positive, yeah. it yeah. would have been a great. She would have had a great life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all in what your motivations are, I guess. So, mm -hmm. um, a couple of uh, other sort of plot lines that 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 are um, come throughout the season are the idea of Eleanor and Maddie staying at Bosch's house back in L.A. Um, and because the FBI has been involved in the same case he's working on, she makes a connection um, with one of the um, head agents at the FBI. They get to talking, and he gives her some opportunities to get the flag removed from her record at the FBI because she was formerly a profiler for the FBI. But um, some questionable things happened, and she was released and has a flag on her record. Well, again, motivations. The FBI guy wants information on Bosch's investigation. So he's like, if you kind of spy on him and give us some intel, maybe we can get that flag removed. Well, Bosch being the good guy he is, 
receives Eleanor information so that she can provide enough information to get that swag removed. He doesn't give any more than he wants to, but he just sort of masterminds it, and and um, and she takes it and delivers the information. Um, and so she now has some choices coming up uh, in future seasons with having that flag removed that she can maybe pursue the type of career she had before. So we see her kind of not struggling, but just kind of, um, you know, making some considerations about what she really wants. Does she want to continue with the poker player? Is she, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on with her marriage. Um, is it about her career or about her marriage or about both? We we see some potential, you know, some changes coming up for Eleanor. So we're just getting to know her a little better in this season. But I, I would say she seems a little restless with her life at the moment. Do you guys agree? I think so. And I think struggle yeah. is a good word for it because, mm-hmm. you know, these choices aren't easy and things that she wants aren't going to come easy. Mm-hmm. Um, she does have a family and her ex yeah. who happens to be boss. So nothing, <laughs> I mean, it's all going to be complicated. It always keeps things interesting. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, I don't think she's conflicted. I think she kind of knows what she wants, but I do think it is a struggle, and she's, you know, she has to work through it all just the same. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's a lot of mystery surrounding her, um, and so we're just kind of peeling the onion with her in this season, getting to know more about her past and uh, maybe what she she really wants. But they I think it's fair to say that she and Bosch, even though they they disagree and they kinda get irritated with each other, they have each other's backs. I think that's for certain. Oh, agree. I and mean, I think they work well together too. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. It's 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 they're an interesting combination. So I'm <laughs> glad that they are they're still in each other's lives, especially, you know, for their daughter and uh, I think they do make the best of it. So another family type scenario that is is really uh, on the heartbreaking side is the fallout between um, Irving and his wife Connie. Um, who wants to talk about that? It's just so sad. It's just it so is. so sad. And mm-hmm. I mean, you lose a child. There's really no way to appropriately handle that. I mean, it's just. That's devastation at its finest. And Remind the listeners how she reacts, what her response is to finding out about George, finding out what he's done, finding out how he died, and, and her reaction. And you have to remember, too, that she just knew he was doing something, didn't know that he was undercover, <laughs> had no right. idea that her husband had gotten him into the job that he was at. And so she finds all this out and, ultimately finds out that this is, I won't say what killed him, but the reason why he was mm-hmm. killed. And mm-hmm. she does not handle it well at all and blames him right from the get-go and flat out mm-hmm. tells him, you killed our son. Yeah. Which, what no a, sugarcoating. Yeah, what a terrible, terrible thing to say. What a terrible mm-hmm. thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Um and to even think, to believe, if she believes that, you know, in her heart, what a what a burden to carry in in your own heart yeah. to believe that your husband killed your son. And and for him too to have to know that she believes that, yeah, what a, it's already a devastating devastating situation, and now you've 
you've inadvertently increased that tenfold just from that one statement. And of course, it tears their marriage apart. There's mm-hmm. there's almost no way to come back from that. It's a yeah, horrible, horrible it's, situation. It was, yeah, it's it was like there's no chance. Yeah. Mhm. Agree. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was that was really tough. Um, and I, who wants to talk a little bit about Lance Reddick's portrayal of Irving in this season? He he went through a whole slew of emotions, and in my what I would have to say is that he has to keep this very uh, brave, serious, commanding type front, but at the same time you can see so much emotion in his eyes and and what he you feel what he's feeling even though he can't show it to the whole world. Yeah. He's uh you know, we talk a lot about actors in different T V shows and how that we can feel their emotions and he is phenomenal. Just the tiny smallest muscle movements in his face. And yeah. You can, yeah. You can feel the dedication. You can feel the focus. Uh-huh. You can feel the pain. You can feel the sadness. You can feel the anger by just the tiniest, the smallest of yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, Agree. You know, the, one of the biggest scenes for me is when he's there and he's watching the, the videotapes at the mm-hmm. crime scene, and O'Shea shows up and they ask him, you know, can he come in? And if you go back and you watch the scene, there's no movement. You just the mm-hmm. slightest movement and the slightest no comes out, and you just feel 15 different emotions coming out of them mm-hmm. just from that. And phenomenal, phenomenal. He yeah. just, I, I like him as Irving to begin with, and I think he does a great job in general, but mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't need to talk for me to know what he's thinking and feeling. Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. All right. Well, we have a couple of listener uh, questions from social media uh, through our interaction there. One of them is from one of the actors, and one is from our um, one of our awesome listeners and supporters, Sharon. So, let's since we've been talking about Irving, um, Irv Irving, Deputy Chief Irv Irving, let's start with Sharon's question um, and her and her comment. She she wants us to think about this. Um, she says it might have just been me as a mom. I kind of get the blame aspect, but Lance Reddick's portrayal of Irving made part of me want to be annoyed at Connie's reaction and subsequent actions in season two. She says, love the writing and the actors. So she wants us to explore a little bit about that blame that Connie places on Irving. Um, were you annoyed with the way she reacted? Was it fair? Um, can, how do you make sense of that? Um, the the falling apart of that relationship. I don't think annoyed for me is the right word. I think angry mm-hmm. is the right word. I mean, I was mm-hmm. angry with her. Like, don't do that to him. I'm, yeah. Like, it's not his. How? Listen, cops' life is not an easy life, and they put themselves in danger every single day. It doesn't matter if you put them on a foot patrol at the mall; something could happen. And I know you're hurt, but to flat out tell him you killed your own snow. I was angry. I understand you're hurt. I can even understand the mud falling apart because of the pain. But don't, you can't blame either one of yourselves. 
It's not your yeah. fault. It's nobody's fault. I mean, it's the guy that's say... your fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah. I would say that I was frustrated and very sad because they have such a long history together. They have a son together. She's been a cop's wife up through the ranks for so long. She's seen so much of it. I feel like they must have a stronger foundation than than this seems to reveal. And but like you, it's like she just flipped a switch. That's it. It's his fault. I'm done. You know, and she just exited the relationship she just didn't want or couldn't maybe she wasn't capable of trying to make it work but i so much wanted to see them lean on each other for support when they've lost a child together and it just it's it's just awful to see them lose george and then lose each other on top of that it's just so much loss um so yeah i would say frustrated and, and very sad what about you pete I was annoyed, and this is why, because um, as a TV viewer, we see um, everything. We get to see every Mm -hmm. part of the story. We get to see more than, say, his wife got to see. So, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of the actual person in the show, if you could go that deep into it, I can Mm -hmm. understand that she's coming up with all these crazy thoughts because she doesn't know the truth and what to think. As a TV viewer, we do know the truth. We do know what to think. And it's easy to get annoyed by her reaction because we know that he, the father wasn't responsible for every bad decision that the son made. And, right. you know, I, I always get mad when the death comes into play be, and they blame the death because I'm a big fan of you can be walking to work or walking to the train or the bus or your car and get hit by anything, uh, you know, and you're dead. And mm-hmm. there's no one to blame. It's, it's not guaranteed. There's no set time. It, it, you know, you, I, I don't know. I, I can't blame the death, so it makes me annoyed. Mm-hmm. But like I said, yeah. I do understand the immediate reaction, but she needs him and he needs her to grieve. So, yeah. you know, like I said, again, as TV viewers, we're like, what are you doing? Like, you need him and mm-hmm. she needs you, but as if you're the character in, in the show and you go, like I said, that far into it, uh, I, could, I could see her point. Yeah. It's hard as viewers. I mean, we like you said, when we have so much of the information that you know, not each character has, it, it, it's hard to try to put yourself in, in their shoes. Um, it is easy to get frustrated. But, yeah, I think I think we all agree it was just big bummer for sure. I mean, that's, that doesn't even come close. But, yeah, it was just tough to see that. All right, our second question that we want to explore a little bit before we finish up um, comes from Dewan Johnson, um, the actor who plays Rondell Pierce. And as we mentioned earlier, Pierce was um, George's partner in season one, who was more on the straight and narrow. George was being a bit of a cowboy. They sort of butt heads, and Pierce didn't want to be his partner anymore. He wanted to get away from that. And um, they, they, you know, so George did move on to something else. So Dwan asks us, um, what if Pierce had continued to be George's partner? How would things have been different? Would they have been better? Could they have still been bad? Um, just ex- explore, let's explore some of the possibilities that could have, um, the way things could have been if George had remained Pierce's partner. Man, you just have so many different possibilities to go there. I think, first of all, um, George obviously doesn't die because he's not working for internal affairs. He's not put in that position. Um, so mm-hmm. there's no reason for someone to have to take him out. So first and foremost, he's alive. 
now we go back to is he still going to play Cowboy or is he going to maybe get on that straight and narrow with a, mm-hmm. you know, that that um, consistent on-the-line partner? And I'd like to right. think, just based on how quickly he did kind of turn the corner, I would like mm-hmm. to think that the influence from Pierce would have brought him around. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's my hope anyway. I'd like to think yeah. that. Yeah, I, w- I would like to think that his positivity or his, you know, moral compass could have been a bigger influence on George than the other way around. But I think we do have to consider the possibility that if they had remained partners, that George's influence could have um, impacted Pierce and, and, you know, sort of pulled him down. It could have gone that way, too. Um, so that that's, you know, something I think worth exploring um, you know, so well, it could have. I'm going to say I hope not. It is yeah. definitely possible, but I'm going to say I hope not because he, you know, um, Pierce in that first season really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell he was struggling on whether or not he should say something, not say something, keep going mm-hmm. as is, um, shouldn't get a new partner. What? And so I feel like he probably was a strong enough guy that he, I don't, I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I really tend to think that know. as well. I, I but, tend to uh, agree. I, I think right. it's, yeah. you, could, uh, you, could, you know, it could go either way. Now, the fact that, you know, he did bring up with Bosch, you know, his concerns about, oh, man, if I, you know, if I hadn't tried to get him to you know not be my partner anymore could could this have all changed obviously he's you know struggling with that and you know who wouldn't i mean you can't help but go there but at the same time just because um he changed partners and you know was undercover with these dirty cops he could have police work is not safe you know, yeah. I mean, they, they do everything they can to keep it safe. But, I mean, we know it, it can be a very dangerous profession. And even if they had remained partners, something could have happened to George. So sure. it's natural right. for him to go there, you know, like, oh, you know, I feel kind of responsible. Um, but is it totally rational to 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 think that either? You know, because any number of things could have happened. You know, you, there's just, you know, every decision you make, every, you know, like – Pete was saying, you know, all, you can get hit by a bus, you know, or whatever. Um, but it, I think it's natural for him to to explore that and feel that and wonder about that, you know. What do you think, Pete? I think that they would have, as two workers with two totally different, they would stay together, and as two workers with two totally different styles and the way they looked at things, I feel like when you're partners with somebody and you're not really the same type of person, you find the common mm-hmm. ground that keeps you both kind of out of trouble. And, you know, maybe okay. he would have brought one guy to the, down to the line a little bit and he would have kept the other guy above it. And I feel mm-hmm. like it would have just been a regular partnership. However, like I said, if he was supposed to die on that day, he would have got hit by a bus and died. And, you know, that's it. It's, it and then he would have got blamed because, you know, he was working for the police department. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. But I do believe that it wouldn't have affected either one Tragically, in either way, one wouldn't have gotten, you know, 100% of the straight and narrow, and the other one wouldn't have become, like, a dirty, bend-the-rules kind of cop. I feel like they would have just mm-hmm. found that middle ground, and they just wouldn't have hung out when they weren't at work. Well, it's interesting that you kind of explore the idea of them 
finding possibly if they'd stayed together as partners, finding a way to kind of work together and function successfully because Jay brought up last week that when you really look at it on paper, maybe it doesn't look like um, Jerry and Harry would make the best partnership, but man, do they make it work, you know. Um, not that they might not have some trouble down the road, not going to say, but uh, <laughs> But but they do in this season season working really well together even though they are very different um, in a lot of ways so interesting stuff that's what keeps us coming back to watch it's just very compelling to to think about the choices that they make and um, you know how they go about solving these murders uh, it's just there's a lot of psychology involved I'm always interested in that so. It uh, definitely captures my attention. Well, that was some deep stuff, would you say? Oh, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, a lot to take in. So I thought maybe before we sign off uh, for the evening, we should play a little bit of a game, uh, just something on a lighter note, and to bring it back down. And um, I'm going to give you four characters and four scenarios. So uh, if you need to write this down, this is your opportunity. Your characters are Bosch, Harry Bosch, Jerry Edgar, Rondell Pierce, and Irv Irving. Okay? You got the four characters. We've got Bosch, Edgar, Pierce, Irving. One of them is going to cook you dinner. One of them is going to take you out to a restaurant for dinner. They'll choose the restaurant and um, take you out, have a good evening. One's going to interrogate you. Whether you're guilty or not, we don't know, but you're going to be under interrogation from them. And one of them is going to watch your kids. Who's going to do each job? One character per job. Hmm. Yeah. Bosch, Bosch, Pierce, Irving, and Jerry. I I will tell you before I answer, I'm a little upset that um, Welliver B. Titus III wasn't an option in this, but that's okay. Wasn't an option. Well, I mean, that's valid because these are fictional characters, and Welliver B. Titus III is a fictional character. Well, no, Mm -hmm. he's pretty real. You're talking to him. (laughs) I will keep that under consideration for the next podcast. All right. All right. All right. Let, me, let, me, let me take this. Um, Tell let me, me go got. with um, uh, going out to dinner. Taking me out to dinner uh, is going to mm-hmm. be Harry Bosch um, because, you know, he'd probably use a drink, need somebody to talk to. Uh, mm-hmm. Who better than Welliver B. Titus III? Um, I think we would have a good time. You know, showing some jazz and some yeah. drinks and mm-hmm. war stories or something. I think okay. you'd have a good okay. time. Um, right. Let's see. Who is going to make me dinner? Um, um, I'm going to have Irv Irving make me mm. dinner. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm going to do that because, you know, he's a top dog. You know, he's yeah, not yeah. he's not used to having to do anything for anyone. And again, well, it be well over be Titus the third. You cook dinner for me, buddy. Um, plus, all right, 
He's a guy of many talents. I'm sure he's going to make a fine dinner. So I'd be interested to see what he okay. comes up with. It's probably going to be really good. Um, to interrogate me, I am going to choose um, Pierce because okay. he, we know he's an honest cop. We know he's a good guy. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the assumption that, that while he's interrogating me for whatever it may be, he's going to realize he has the wrong guy and let me go. <laughs> And then because of that, I might even let him come to dinner with me and Bosch. Oh. And then finally, uh, what was my last category? Uh, watch your kids. Who's going to watch your watch kids? kids? I guess watch we them. know. Um, ask me. Ask me, man, Jay Edgar. What? Okay. Um, okay. Number one, fun, cool dude. Um, yeah. Definitely Agreed. get along with some kids. Plus, mm-hmm. um, I have girls, as you know, and girls mm-hmm. like shoes. And um, yeah. Jay Edgar loves his shoes. Loves his he shoes. does. He does. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, there's a talking point to kind of break the ice um, before right. I leave. Right. Yeah. With, sort of so level so the good. playing field. Mm-hmm. Right. I like, I like it. it. I like it. Okay. All right, Pete. Are you ready, or do you want me to go? <laughs> no, I'm gonna go because. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach our fans something today, and that's I take I take <laughs> the simplest things and I turn them into being very difficult because before I answer these questions, mm-hmm. I have to ask you. A few things. First okay. question is, how many kids do I have and how long are they being watched for? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is a valid question. I'm going to go with your, your average two kids, um, which may not be the national average anymore, but I'm going to say you got two kids uh, and for the evening, not overnight, okay. not yeah, just for the evening. All right. Now, what am I being interrogated for? Like I said, it could be something you're guilty of or not. It, that is unspecified. Okay, so I'm going to choose if I was guilty or not and what I'm being integrated for based on my answer, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, last question. Um, where is this person <laughs> taking me out to dinner and who's paying? <laughs> well, that's, that's, part, that's part of the equation. You know, you have to think. If you don't know who's going to pay, are you going to try to pick someone who could possibly, you know, pay Maybe hope that they'd pay for you, or that's part of your decision. That's part okay, of how you so now, them. I'm not ready. Okay, I totally changed my answers based on these me asking more questions. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some more time while I answer. How about that? Okay, God, God. Okay, all right. You 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 work on that. You work that out. Okay. Um, dinner. Cook me dinner. I'm going to go with uh, Pierce. Because he does seem to have a good, strong, you know, moral compass, good guy. His mama probably raised him right. Um, and so maybe part of that was giving him cooking lessons. I mean, it could be his dad. I, I don't want to sound sexist or anything. But um, he, was, he was raised well. And sometimes being, you know, he knows to take responsibility for himself. So presumably his parents uh, maybe taught him how to cook. So I'm going to think he has some good experience there. And um, at least he's going to try, give it, you know, a good try because he is dedicated and will try to do the best job. So, all right, he's going to cook me dinner, and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, Taking me out to dinner, I'm going to go with Irv Irving because he has all the connections in Los Angeles, Mm. and he can probably get us into the best restaurants. He probably will pay for it or the police department will pay for it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I'm thinking thinking I could go maybe to a fancy-smancy place with Irving. and he just seems like quite the gentleman. I'm sure it would be a nice evening. Um, and interesting. Seems like an interesting guy to talk to. Uh, who's going to interrogate me? 
that's going to be Harry Bosch because I feel like whatever Harry's doing, he's trying to get to the truth. He's trying to be just. Um, he's not just there to, you know, mess with me. Um, he he wants to get to the bottom of it. He's fair. I do believe Harry is fair. So whether I did something or not, you know, I don't know. That's that's not, you know, I don't have that part of the equation. I feel you like did. he would be fair. Uh, okay, thank you. Thanks for that vote of confidence. Um, and so that leaves um, that I would I would have Edgar watch my kids very much for the, some of the same reasons that Jay shared. He just seems like a fun guy, you know. He doesn't take things too seriously. Um, but he's a good guy. They'd be safe with him. I mean, he's a cop. And um, yeah, I think he'd be. I think he'd do a great job. He has kids of his own. We're going to learn more about them future seasons. So he's got some experience. So. I like it. Go That's my four. All like right, it. time's up, Pete. You got to give us some answers. All right, I'm ready. I am like Tracy, and I'm letting Urban take me out because we're probably going to go to a very high class place. Mhm. Um, I am going to have Jay Egger make me food. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I feel like with having kids, you probably have to know at least how to make a decent meal at some point. So at least I'll get something decent mm-hmm. and guaranteed to be edible. Mm-hmm. Um, edible is important, yeah. I'm going to have Bosch interrogate me for two reasons. Mm-hmm. The first reason is is that I feel like if I'm telling the truth, he, he'll be able to figure it out. Like if I'm if innocent, even if the stack's against me, if I am innocent, he'll be able to figure out he's really good at what he does. How The second yeah. part of that is that I would be feared for my life if Bosch had to watch my kids for the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Obviously, yes, and obviously Pierce, who is, you know, uh, a straight and narrow, you know, good moral compass kind of guy who deals with knuckleheads all day long, should be able to deal with my two knuckleheads for about four hours, five hours. <laughs> I'm having fun just picturing your kids. So, um. <laughs> Well, I don't have any yet, so... I know, I know. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm picturing them in my head. I'm trying to imagine them. Little people. Spoiler around. alert. Spoiler alert. Kids coming, yeah. two of them. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was fun. It's it's always fun to kind of turn the characters uh, on their end and look at just sort of everyday common scenarios and see where would these guys fit in there. So thank you for uh, for doing that with me. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. So, that was good. Uh, it was fun talking season two with you guys. Um, next time we get together, we'll talk some season three. And uh, people might be wondering, well, what are you going to talk about, you know, until season four rolls around? We don't have a date yet. We're hoping maybe April. I think I believe it was April last year. So we can kind of, you know, hope for that. But there's definitely time in between. So what are some things you guys would like to cover um, in the weeks in between until we get season four? You know, the show has so much that goes on into it. Really mm-hmm. good. We could talk about anything. We could yeah. just cover a couple scenes that, you know, meant something mm-hmm. to us or impacted us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could dive deep into the characters a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if, there's, you know it's, if you have a, a specific episode that uh, really stuck out to you, we could dive a little deeper into mm-hmm. there. I'm sure, sure. people always have questions about episodes or seasons or characters or whatever, throw stuff at mm-hmm. us. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go after anything. Because, um, you yeah. know, this show, there's so much to talk about. And uh, I, I'd love to talk about any and all of it just because it's such a good show. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So let us know your thoughts. I, there's definitely enough material. I think we all agree with that. And, um, hey, if some of the cast want to come on and give us some background and insight into their characters, that would be fantastic, too. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So, And, and you should know that right now they are all on the phone with their agents and publicists. <laughs> <laughs> they are dying to spend just ten minutes with Wellibert B. Titus. Oh, oh, you're the draw. You're the yeah. draw. One hundred percent. the podcast. In they're okay. like, they're uh, like, see. we need to talk uh-huh. with that guy right now. And it's cool, guys. Do not let that guy get away. <laughs> I have time in my schedule. I will fit you in. Have no fear. Okay. Um, Phew. Good thing. I have a yes. question for both of you. Um, okay. You know, we watch TV shows, and, you know, the big thing is when you're on Twitter, you put hashtag team so-and-so for your favorite character in the show. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, for most people, it's going to be Team Bosch, but mm-hmm. uh, because, I, because I'm not Team Bosch first, I have somebody else that I'm Team So first. I'm wondering, before I reveal it, whose team are you guys on in this show? Oh, gosh, that is so hard. That is so hard. I mean, I think I'm just stone cold Bosch. I mean, I, I love all the, the characters and the way they flesh out the story, but I mean, he's the one that that drew me in for sure. Well, it's too late for me uh-huh. to be Team George, darn it. <laughs> yeah, that that ship has sailed. Poor George. Um, he really did have a promising career. He did. He did. He could have been somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you can't be Team Bosch. Um, Bosch is what brought me to the books, kept me to the books, mm-hmm. made me stay with the show. Um, and I'm, I don't know, man. Yeah, huh. I got. I got to give my honorable mention this week to Billet. Though she is a very supportive boss. She knows her stuff. She's tough, but she. I love. I'm so impressed with the way that she can be a friend to Bosch, but be his boss as well. That's that's not an easy uh-huh. um, thing to do. And she excels Either at one it. of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I got to throw um, Grace Billups in there as well. So, all right, what you got, Pete? Give us your big uh, reveal. I am Team Jagger. Not a bad choice. It's a good choice. I like Jagger a lot. He's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. He is—he's he's a cool dude. He is, shoes, yeah, man. Those shoes—he's mm-hmm. chasing people down in those shoes, <laughs> and he catches them. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that's another thing at the beginning of this season that I—I I, I meant to mention uh, when they there's a big chase scene um, near the beginning when Bosch comes back because you know he had put pounds through the. The, the window and had been, you know, um, on leave, you know, required leave for a while, and he comes back, and so um, Edgar has another, you know, temporary partner, and they go, but Billet sends Bosch out with them to um, try to find this guy, and there ends up being a huge chase scene. That's always fun to watch, and, and, uh, on foot, not a car chase, mm-hmm. a chase mm-hmm. on foot, and yeah, Edgar really, uh, he really gets around in those shoes and it's fun to see uh Bosch working it as well. So I forgot about that chasing. That was that was crazy. But 
All right. Good stuff, guys. So I think we have plenty of stuff to talk about until season four rolls around. And then when season four gets here and we can go episode by episode, we can really get into the nitty gritty of each episode. It's hard to kind of cover a whole season in one podcast episode, but um, I think we hit a lot of the a lot of the plot points and um, had some good discussions. So I enjoyed talking with you guys and uh, let's do it again soon. Absolutely. All right. We're out for now. See ya. We're out of here. See you later.